just seven weeks since an initial tweet expressing interest, East Belfast GA clubs already becoming one of the biggest clubs in Gaelic games with over 1,000 members. I'm Colleen Duffy and over the next hour or so on this special SportsDads.ie podcast, we'll be hearing from players from both the ladies football and camogie teams of East Belfast as the Cross Community Club takes to the playing fields for its first competitive action. We'll hear shortly from Derry native Kate Crozier, who captained the ladies footballers in their opening game on Saturday night, and from Boston native Kimberly Robertson, who's excited about playing her first camogie game tonight. Saturday's ladies football game was a big one for Grania Sands as she refereed her first senior game in down with East Belfast against Saville. Grania spoke about that and being a part of the LGFA's Learn to Lead Leadership Programme. We'll also check in with Ulster Camogie President and Camogie Association Vice President Jennifer Coultra who's set to welcome the East Belfast Camogie team to our home club of Caliph tonight. Jennifer also talks about last week's Camogie Championship draws and recovery from coronavirus and much more. But firstly, to ladies football and while the East Belfast team lost to Saville on Saturday evening, it was certainly a memorable game all round. I caught up with Kate Crozier who was thrilled to be back on the playing fields after a long absence. It really was. It was just, I haven't played football in so long, like seven years I think. Um, and a lot of people are in the same boat. Um, so it was just great to go and have a kick about you know with um all new girls that you're still getting to know and stuff but i it was class just to be out in the football pitch and all and support each other it's brilliant um to be involved with something so new as well and uh, i'm sure you were honored um how, how did you find out you're going to be captain for the game uh, so i hadn't i wasn't actually training that night because i'd hurt my achilles both my achilles you know um, but I was at training watching to help out and then Jerome just pulled us all in and gave a speech. I can't even remember what he says now, but he's like, uh, just called us all in the circle and he says, the captain's going to be Kate Crozier. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> um, so I was a shock to the system, but it was like, it was like a good shock, you know, like, oh my goodness, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, it was all good. Talk to me a little bit about the match. It was six points to one three at half time. You got the six points. Uh, very even in the opening stages, I, I'm sure. Unfortunately, the second half didn't go according to plan for yourselves. Uh, Saville went on to score four more goals, but um, certainly a good start is half the battle, as they say, and give yourselves full credit, uh, certainly in the opening stages, I'm sure you'd feel. Uh, it was good. Like We had a good start. Obviously, it was, you know, trying to get used to running on the pitch and stuff like that there and the size of the pitch. So I think we were happy enough to go into halftime with the draw. I mean, of course, you always want to go out and win the game, but being the first game out, it was more of a, if we win, we win, lovely. But like, you know, if we get everyone to run out to get their confidence up on the ball, off the ball, running, I think that's what just we were aiming to do, you know. Talk to me about the build-up to the game. I mean, you'd seen the lads were in their first game, obviously the Gaelic footballers, on Friday night. And, you know, there's such a buzz, like social media is is buzzing. Like, I'm sure no one is talking about much else, Barry, Belfast at the moment. And when people hear that you're involved, you know, that's, that's all that's being talked about. It's a bit like the weather 
you know, coronavirus, yeah. but, coronavirus. But, but now East Belfast is dominating the conversation, I'd say. Everyone was like, because it was like, um, East Belfast is going to like field in men's teams, ladies' teams, camogie teams, hurling teams. And it was in the papers, it was in the news, it was on Twitter. And everyone was getting, everyone was getting so nervous. So like, we were like buzzing, but like, oh my goodness, you know, what was going to happen? Um, so we were like all apprehensive, but as soon as we stepped onto the pitch, it was fine. Like all the nerves went out the window and it was just like, uh, just like a duck to water, you know, everyone was raring to go. But yeah, it was nervous, nerve wracking in, in the couple of days leading up to it. And there's been huge numbers at training already across all the codes, um, but always looking for more as well. But but just talk to me, like there's nothing quite like meeting new people and, you know, everyone's learning from everyone else and people from all backgrounds, some with sporting mm -hmm. experience previously, some with a bit of Gaelic football experience or maybe camogie experience previously. And some have had no experience at all. And this is their first time to get involved with something like this. It's, it's just brilliant. The mix of people that have actually come together to, to get involved as players. It is like we have, as you say, like all different types of backgrounds, sporting backgrounds, non-sporting backgrounds. There's people from all over Northern Ireland. There's people from the Republic as well. You know, um, yeah, it's just like such a big draw um, of people. There's actually more people coming tonight. We have like a WhatsApp group on the go and um, people are still looking to join in. So it's good. Like it's, there's some amount of people going. I'd say that WhatsApp group is pretty hopping at the moment as well. <laughs> and also, um, to go back, I suppose, to Saturday's game as well, Neve Daly, first ladies Gaelic footballer to score a fine point in the video. Um, Jerome Quinn's son, Mark, had it on Twitter. Um, bri brilliant score as well. And mm -hmm. I've watched that back a fair few times already. I mean... Crowds aren't allowed at games in Northern Ireland at the moment, but certainly the bench must have been happening and even the players on the pitch because you could see the response to that very first score. You know, that was, that was a special moment for the club. It was class. Like, I, I think I passed it off to her to get it, but my, I sent it to my brother. My you're, brother's you're, you're, taking the, you're taking the credit. No, 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 no. <laughs> but he says, he goes... I think I just heard you shouting yes in that. <laughs> so I, whenever she had stuck it over, I went, yes. And <laughs> you could hear it on the video. Um, I, there's just like such a big reach for that video. Everyone was loving it. Like, so we're all just pure buzzing. But yeah, the girls, everyone on the sideline, obviously there was no supporters, but there was still good, still good noise coming from the sidelines, you know? So yeah, it was good. And the purpose of the club obviously is cross community enjoyment through sport. And there's been a lot of fun. You guys met the day after the match on Sunday uh, to watch back the video. Uh, I'd say there was some fun. Had uh, a bit of slagging going around as well over different things maybe that happened during the game. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I don't like. We're all just having a good laugh, like because none of us have ever watched ourselves back playing. So you know what that's like. You're like, oh my goodness, what am I doing? Um, but no, it was good. And then. Um, yeah, like just had a, a bit of food and some drinks and stuff like that there and just, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, just good to be among everyone, you know, and watching, watching our first game. 
What does it mean to you to be involved with this club? As you mentioned, it's about seven years since you played last. Obviously, as we mentioned as well, a lot of players coming from different sports and different backgrounds. It must mean the world to you to have got involved. Mm. I originally didn't see it on the news. So it was my dad. who I had gone home, like maybe, you know, whenever the restrictions were eased and I went out to the garden and stuff. Um, Daddy was like, did you see that thing about the new club in East Belfast? And I was like, what? No. Because I hadn't been watching the news with the whole coronavirus thing. And um, he was like, ah, you know, you should look about it and see if I join them. And I was like, oh, here, you know what, I will. Because nothing beats going out and kicking a ball around the field. Do you know? Um, I just love it. It was just class. So then, I mean, the momentum is still rolling for it. So, um, yeah, my dad was the one that told me about it. <laughs> You you have him to blame in a good way, which is brilliant. I do. Well, and I'm sure he's edging to, to get to see some of your games when hopefully the restrictions are lifted and spectators are allowed at games as well. And I'm sure there's a good interest among your friends back home and different things also. Hi. Um, my friend, a couple of my friends, like Rachel, um, uh, she is quite supportive. She recently started playing for the team over in West Belfast. Um, I think they have the same colours as us, but she was quite supportive of it and sharing on her stories on Instagram and stuff like that there, giving us shout outs. So yeah, I think anytime you go home, people are always like, you're not playing football anymore. And you're like, oh, jeekers, no. <laughs> so, yeah, I think everyone's just as happy to see like one of their own at kicking a football game, you know. And, and it's the guts of a week out before your next game, which is against St. Michael's Maher Lynn, who the lads actually uh, faced on Friday night, lost by five points. Um, I'm sure you might be eager for a bit of revenge, hopefully, there for the lads' defeat. And I'm sure you're itching to get out on the pitch again now after uh, Saturday night. We are, yeah, now that we've warmed up and we know what to expect. Um We've got training tonight and training again on Wednesday night. So um, I will get a good, we'll uh, shake ourselves off and get into it again and see how we get on again. But yeah, revenge, <laughs> you know. <laughs> In terms of like training and everything else, we mentioned there's huge numbers involved. Jerome Quinn <laughs> is uh, leading the ship as the manager at the moment. People know Jerome well, of course, um, from his coverage online of ladies football and various games uh, across the codes uh, as well. Um, did it take a bit used to getting used to the training regime or how, how's that been going as well? Because I suppose that's the thing about getting back involved with something like this as well. You know, you, you have to kind of get, get adapt to that as well. But I'm sure there are people you know, with a lot of different levels of ability and skills yeah. and stuff as well involved too. And you're helping each other along as well, which is crucial also. Yeah, like we've only been training, I think this will be our fourth week and I haven't done any training. Like I think there's other girls that haven't done anything tra any training. So it was a shock to the system. So like there's a few injuries and stuff niggling about there. But um, I, we've got Lee Costello in as well. Lee's um, from... Money more direction up at Derry as well. He lives down here, so he's helping out as well. He plays for the men's team. Um, so he's given us a hand too with Jerome where he goes to training. Um, but I, it's just there's a lar large amount of numbers, so everyone always looks forward to the game at the end, you know. The and, drills, 
And I suppose finally, um, you obviously captained the team on Saturday night. I think it might be different captains for different games at the start. Um, any any thoughts on maybe who might be the next one? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know who you'd make next captain. There's that many people you could make captain next. Um, lots of great girls in that team, like you know. Um, so I'm sure whoever he picks will do a great job anyway. Well, that's it. Great people involved, great leaders and um, some great players and people off the pitch as well. And anyone who wants to get involved, of course, secretary.eastbelfast.down at ga.ie is the uh, email address for the secretary. And of course, East Belfast GA on social media as well. Many thanks, Kate. Enjoy the journey and best luck against Maherlin on Saturday night. Thanks very much. Well, from ladies football and Kate Crozier, who captained the team on Saturday night in the very first ladies football game for East Belfast, a person who's played uh, Gaelic football in Boston in the past, to a Boston native who's set to play Camogie for the first time for East Belfast this Wednesday. Uh, Kimberly Robertson joins me. And Kimberly, I'm sure you're very, very excited. Uh, I never thought I'd be linking Boston so much in, in this podcast, but uh, there we have it. And uh, you're looking forward, I'm sure, playing your very first ever Camogie game for East Belfast on Wednesday. Yeah. I mean, I'm, to be honest, I'm kind of bricking it. <laughs> I've never played a game before, um, you know, Camogie. So it's, it's interesting. I, you know, I don't know if I'm going to make the team fixture because there's about 40 of us um, that are playing right now. You know, I, I'd be happy either way. If they need me to go out and play and do my best, I'm, I'm going to try. Um, but if not, I'd be happy just to be supporting the other girls in the team because that's kind of what we're all about is supporting each other and learning how to play a new sport. Most of us, um, have played in the past, played for primary when they're in primary school, maybe even played up through high school and their teen years and on beyond that. But there are a fair few of us that have never picked up a hurl before. And it's been interesting to kind of watch that the skill kind of improve as the time has gone on. Um, I feel much more confident even after only doing it for a couple of weeks. I'm, you know, I can lift the ball, I can hit the ball, I can run with the ball, I can pass the ball. So uh, the skill will come. The talent is there, but, you know, the skill for us will come. And I think we've got a team in the making to have a really, really good run out on Wednesday. It's amazing to think, but so much has happened in such a short space of time. I mean, Dave McGreevy's first tweet only came seven weeks ago to where this club has gone with a couple of hundred playing members with over a thousand members already and huge turnouts for training and everything else. Um, it's it's been an incredible club to be a part of, really. It really is. I think, um, you know, the fact that Dave's tweet went out and I had happened to randomly see it and it had been retweeted onto my timeline and I said, well, that kind of looks like fun. So, yeah, why not? I've never had the opportunity to get involved with the GAA club. Um, my husband's big into the rugby. He's a rugby referee. So our social life kind of on weekends always involved me going to watch him referee and then ending back up at the rugby club. And I really love the camaraderie that the, that the sports teams have here. It's nothing like we have in America. We don't have, um, you know, social clubs for our sports. When you're an adult and you play sports, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. After college, after university, you're, you're pretty much done. 
the only sport I ever played after university would be you know, beer league ice hockey. And it was just random here and there. But the whole social aspect here in this country around the people's sports teams is it's amazing. It's just nothing I've ever, um, I've ever seen before. I've ever experienced. So when I had the opportunity to start something on my own, you know, that was aside from my husband and aside from um, his friends and things, this is something I can call my own. And I, I mean, I love it. I think, it has just exploded to see, you know, I've never had so many tweets liked or retweeted and I've gotten so many more followers. I've had the opportunity to speak to Rick Farragher on the BBC Evening Extra the other night, which was incredible to think, you know, I'm, I'm a blow in here. I've only been here seven years. I mean, I'm not a Northern Irish native. I'm not a Belfast native, but the fact that people have embraced me and embraced the fact that I want to learn more about this and I, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to make this a success. And it's to bring back the Boston thing. It is quite funny. And people on the team, you know, we first started meeting each other and going to trainings. And of course my accent just stands out and where are you from? And I am from Boston. I love Boston. I've been to Boston. It's so great. And you know, to have that sort of that link is really good. It, it actually lessens my homesickness, to be honest, which is quite nice because um, it is hard, especially knowing this year, I'm probably not going to be making it home. And um, but it is good to be able to talk about Boston with my teammates and to they know the streets I'm talking about. They know the pubs that I go to. And it is just really it's become a really small family. And I, I love it. It shows that the world is so small. The club ethos is cross-community. It's also about fun. You've seen a lot of that in the last couple of weeks. And I suppose to go on what you've been talking about as well, the club motto is La Kela together. There has been a huge togetherness, and I'm sure you've seen a lot of that in the last while. Absolutely. I think, um, you know, we've got our various group chats going and that chat is it's going right now. My phone is going crazy right now and it goes crazy all day and into the night. You know, we had our first kind of social meeting um, yesterday where we rewatched the ladies Gaelic game and it was brilliant. It was really good to see. Um, again, I had never seen a game of Gaelic football, so it was really nice to see the girls that I've been training with and been talking to on you know, on our chat group chat to see them out on the pitch and actually in a uniform. And it's just, it was great. You know, we had, we had a lot of good crack yesterday, had some pints, had some laughs, really got to know each other off the pitch, which was great. Um, it's just really encouraging to see that there's people are welcome, no matter who you are, come out. Do you want to come out and play? That's great. Like I know there's a girl that I know on the Gaelic women's team that never would have ever imagined joining a Gaelic club just because of where she was from and where she grew up. And she said, Every, you know, everybody's been so welcoming. It's been fantastic. I love it. And I said, that's kind of what I was hoping for when I saw the tweet from Dave is that being an outsider, I don't belong to one community or the other. And it's, it's almost like you almost feel like you have to join one side, but I never felt comfortable doing that. Cause I don't, I don't have a dog in either fight. And by having this club and having it be open to everybody and having it be accessible to anybody who wants to play, that was a major, major thing for me joining was that I, I wanted it to be for everyone. I wanted it to be um, whoever wanted to play could play. I know I want my kids to feel comfortable when I have kids. I want them to feel comfortable playing rugby or playing Gaelic or, you know, going out and playing hockey or playing camogie. I don't want them to have to live in a, in a, box and a filter you know they should be able to live however they want to live and I think that that's the most important thing about this club is that 
we are open to everyone <clears throat> and everyone's welcome. I bring you back to the 3rd of November last year and uh, a tweet uh, that I'm sure is probably going to gain more traction now. It only has one retweet and four likes at the moment, but I think the more when people see it, they're going to go, wow, this is where how far things have come. Such a short space of time. We mentioned seven weeks since the formation of East Belfast GA. But your tweet at three minutes past six that evening was, someone needs to take me to a hurling match because that SHIT looks crazy. <laughs> um, you were probably just after seeing it on the TV or something, I guess. That's exactly what it was. I think we were flipping through channels and... I was like, stop, what is that? I was like, that looks brutal. It looks incredible. I definitely, definitely want to watch this. You know, we in Boston, we have the, uh, the hurling classic at Fenway Park uh, where the Red Sox play. You know, you'd see the highlights on TV in Boston for it and you're just, what? Like, this is incredible. Like, these, these people that are playing this sport, like, they're, they're mental. And I'm an ice hockey player. And, you know, I thought I was quite mental being an ice hockey player, but... Um, yeah, and I, I, as you say that, I'm, I'm kind of looking at my notifications here, and they are, they're flying up right now. So that particular retweet there has 99 likes, <laughs> you know, and a couple of good comments. And um, I've gotten a bunch of new followers from that tweet, which is quite interesting to have. Um, you know, I never really cared about social media that much. It was Twitter was always my, I'm going to rant about American politics on Twitter because that's a good place to rant about American politics. But um, I think now having that the outreach, some of the tweets I'd made about the early days of the, of the club, just the, where it went, the reach was incredible. And it was nothing I could ever have anticipated. There's a lot of goodwill from right across the island, but also too, there, there's messages coming in from right around the world. You know, Australia last night, um, everywhere. Like, oh, that that was incredible. I'm just wondering, what's it been like for you and the response that's been coming from back home? Because obviously, you're telling people I'm involved with this. This is exciting. What's it been like? You know, it's really funny that you should say that um, because obviously, I've been sharing a lot of stuff on my Facebook page because I only use Facebook to keep in touch with my family back home. That's the only thing I keep it for. Otherwise, it would have been gone a long time ago. Um, and I remember. A few months ago, probably back in like February, maybe one of my friends from high school who lives in Arizona or New Mexico, I haven't seen her in years. She wrote on my Facebook wall, teach me everything you know about hurling. Because she had watched some, seen some game. And I had to say to her, I was like, to be honest, I don't know much about hurling. I'm sorry, I, I don't. So she's been watching my, you know, my posts on social media and she messaged me the other day and she said, so, so much for not knowing anything about hurling, huh? I said, I know, imagine that I've joined a team and now I'm learning the game. And, you know, she said, that's incredible. You know, we're rooting for you. And you know, my family as well. Um, I grew up in a very Irish American family, which is a completely distinct form of Irishness to hear. But they're all so excited. They're so happy for me. Um, love the crest, love the meanings behind the motto. And they loved everything about what we're trying to accomplish here. A lot of them came over in March, just before the lockdown, um, for my husband and I had an anniversary party for our wedding. And it was just an excuse for my family to come over and meet everybody over here and to experience Ireland for the first time. And they, they've just been following it. They know a bit of the history. They know a bit of, um, you know, what happens here in Northern Ireland and how divided we can be. And one of my aunts said, just be careful. 
<laughs> I said, well, don't worry. I'm, you know, I'm being safe. I, I wear the right protective gear and I, you know, I wear my helmet and I've got my shin pads. And everything I said, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> I said, well, you know, and I've even said to my husband, this is why I wear this top when I'm running errands in, in East Belfast, because we need to normalize it. It needs to be out there. People need to see that there's nothing to fear from people playing a sport. There's nothing to fear from it. So in my opinion, the more I can wear my down top, as I'm going to Tesco, as I'm going to the petrol station, it's gonna become more commonplace to see people wearing GAA team gear and club gear. And then next thing you know, no one's even gonna blink. No one's gonna flinch and it's just gonna be commonplace. Every little helps certainly. And I suppose uh, one thing as well, we're talking about no barriers as such uh, as well. Um, you're, you're on the slightly upper side of the age scale. You're not that old, but you're, you, you know, in, in, in the nicest way possible, you, you've thrown yourself in, into something in your 40s. Uh, are you mad? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm still two weeks off from 40. So. Oh, right. Okay, right, right. Okay. So I, I'll, be, I'll be 40 the first week of August. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm incredibly mental. I've kind of come to that conclusion. I always say, you know, every morning I wake up and it's what hurts today. You know, it's usually my back. <laughs> I think that's kind of how it works. Um, but I've been keeping a running tally of the bruises and scrapes that I get through training and, you know, sending them to my mother and saying, oh, look, here's Camogie bruise number five. <laughs> you know, you think it's funny, funny. She's like, you're, you're not 20 anymore. Just be safe. And I think that's it. Is I, you know, I want to try to keep up with, with the rest of the team as much as I can. But I do have to remember, I, I am a lot older and, you know, I'm not in the shape I was in when I was a teenager. But no one on that team has ever made me feel like, oh, hey, look at the old lady that's trying to play Camogie with us. Like, ha, ha, ha. Everybody's been great. And I think they're more shocked that I would want to pick this up at nearly 40. But um, yeah, like I said, it's, um, it's, definitely, it's definitely been tough. There's been a lot of hot showers and a lot of foam rolling. But I suppose as well, it goes, goes to show that, you know, anybody can get involved. And if there's anyone listening out there who's around the same age bracket or older, you'd love a buddy to, to share all those bruises with. I, I definitely would. I would definitely love someone to be more in my age bracket. Um, but like I said, when you're on the pitch, when you're at training, you know, you're just like the rest of them. It's the fact that some of these girls are 22 and I'm 39, it doesn't come into play. They're accepting of you no matter what. So that's been really encouraging because I was quite afraid, you know, when I rocked up to my first training and I, you know, had that kind of shakes in the car and saying, God, what am I, what am I thinking? I'm old. I can't do this. And I'm going to get laughed off this pitch. And that wasn't the case. It was, you know, more, you're coming out and you're 39, fair play. And I suppose we haven't mentioned your opposition yet on Wednesday night. It's, it's Kilcleafe. I'm going to be talking to Ulster Camogie president, Jennifer Coulter shortly, and she's from that particular club. It's on a Strangford lock. It's very picturesque. I don't know if you've seen the photos on Twitter or if you've been. I in saw that the photo. photos. It looks stunning. Like stunning. It looks beautiful. It'd be no better place to play your first game. No, not at all. I mean, it'd be a nice change to actually be on a pitch with proper proper nets and proper uprights. And um, but yeah, I was seeing saw some of the pictures that she had tweeted out, and it's just how lucky, how lucky they are to have such a beautiful facility. And, you know, so many of the other clubs just have, especially in Down, have such stunning facilities and grounds, you know, views of the ocean and the lock in the background and the morns on the other side. It's just, it's wonderful, you know, and I think it kind of gives us club goals as to what we would like, you know, to have our, to have ours. And it would be wonderful to be able to you know, see the cranes from our, 
wherever we do end up having a home pitch because I think the cranes make up so much of of what East Belfast is and what we're trying to encompass as a club. Well, all the best with the game on Wednesday night, Kimberly. It's been brilliant talking to you and uh, all the best with the rest of your particular journey with Camogie as well. And who knows, the ladies footballers might coax you out in the next while as well. Yeah, they, they've tried that. <laughs> um, I said, you know, right now I just, I can't commit to more than two nights a week training. Four is a lot, but we'll see how it goes uh, when my fitness level increases. Well, thanks very much for chatting to us. No problem. Thank you. I'm delighted to be joined by Jennifer Coultra, who's the Ulster Camogie president and also the vice president of the Camogie Association. And I suppose in the main, Jennifer, what we're talking about is uh, the East Belfast GA club, the emergence of them and how they're going to be playing your own club, Kilcleaf on uh, Wednesday night. It's uh, a brilliant honour for yourselves. And I saw some pictures of where your pitch is situated. And I know that the girls from East Belfast are eager to get down in what is such a picturesque location. And I'm sure likewise, you're eager to be hosting them in their first ever game. Yeah, you know, we're extremely honoured to have the privilege to host them in their first ever Camogie match. There can only be one first. And, and for us to have that honour um, is it, wonderful. Um, I think it's a wonderful initiative. There are lots of people who want to play Camogie in the area, who want to be involved in Gaelic games, and this is giving them a chance to do it in their own area, which is what the rest of us all take for granted, I suppose. We um, see how Camogie's gone from strength to strength. I suppose there's been a lot of talk across the Gaelic Games codes and I suppose in other sports about inaction. And we've seen games obviously coming back on stream in, in the last while, but uh, it's certainly brilliant, I suppose, specifically from a Camogie viewpoint, to have yet another club playing Camogie as well. Um, the, the sport's been thriving in the last couple of years. Yes, Camogie is, it's not an easy sport to learn to play. Coaling, it's very difficult to learn. It is extremely skillful. Um, and it's wonderful that there are people with this passion. There are so few of us sometimes you think, and then you realise if you look at registration figures and the amounts who are actually playing, it is huge. You go to any Gaelic pitch on a normal summer's evening and there are hundreds of children just toddling about with hurls and, and balls and stuff. So for us, we're delighted that we have a new club in Down. Um, I suppose many would have thought it may have been an Antrim club, but it's it's just on our side of the fence, as it were. Um, so it's fantastic to have East Belfast in and to have them fielding at all four codes is just fantastic. And I suppose uh, you might hope that a couple of the players might be uh, featuring on down teams in, in the next few years and to strengthen down Camogie in general as well. But overall, I suppose it's a cross-community club, players from different backgrounds. A lot of players may not have played the sport before. And, and that's just brilliant to see. And it's great to see, I suppose, players of adult level maybe that haven't played Camogie in the past, but they might have some skills that cross over from other sports such as hockey, etc. It's very commonplace in Camogie, of course, to have a lot of players cross over to the likes of hockey as well. So it's, it's brilliant to see that, you know, people are, are, are interested in Camogie, maybe that have had other sports in their background in the past. Yeah, it's, it is fantastic. Sports people in general are good at whatever sport they decide they're going to play. So if, if hockey are lucky enough to get them before Camogie does, they're good at hockey. 
you take Geraldine McGrath off of Sarsfields and Connacht, a fantastic hockey player, and all of her children are all county players for Camogie. So, so that skill certainly is something that can't be transferred. And I mean, her and her husband were both um, great sports people, and the children have shown that. So it's simply about about harnessing those children. And um, lots of Camogie players in previous years would have played hockey in their off season, but I suppose the season has got longer and longer now, and we don't have the luxury. A dual player is a very lucky player now. It is very difficult to play more than one sport of any description. Um, but to have those girls coming in in that area who bring in a different, a different viewpoint to it. It's, if you've grown up in the Gaelic Games tradition, we're inclined to just continue to follow the same processes we have. But if we can bring in new people with new ideas, perhaps that they're bringing from other sports, that certainly can only enrich us at this stage. We touched on it a tiny bit earlier about inaction on the playing fields over the last while and how it's, it's getting back uh, to some sort of normality. Um, obviously, the C word, coronavirus, um, you, you were unfortunate enough to have contracted it back in, in April. Um, and I know you're, you're keen to, to get the message out there, like how serious a thing it can be. Um, you, you must have had a, a strenuous couple of months um, and I'm sure it, it's, it's still a strenuous period for yourself, even though you're back to work now, thankfully, as well. Um, it has been a very difficult three and a half months. Um, I was in station today and I was talking to, to one of my colleagues, um, John, and we, he also had coronavirus and we were just discussing how difficult it is, even at this stage, I'm three and a half months down the line, and my breathing still is not great yet. Um, I was out walking around the walking track yesterday with, with my friend, and I really was struggling to, to do what I had previously done with great ease. And the, there are so many symptoms of it that appear to be longer lasting than perhaps we first anticipated. Um, when you're actually in the grip of the virus itself, the days are running into nights and all you're doing, particularly for me, because my symptoms were respiratory. Um, I was struggling to breathe. I just spent days concentrating on trying to get enough oxygen in. Um, and, and that became very tedious. Your body becomes very, very tired very quickly with that. You, of course, work in the ambulance service and... Um... You know, it's, it's, it's very hard, I suppose, for healthcare professionals at the moment. Um, strenuous time for all concerned, but I suppose your message would be to heed the advice that people are giving, that governments, that healthcare professionals are giving, and for people to take precautions. And we've seen a lot of the precautions being taken, obviously, with the return to play for Gaelic football and different things. Crowds aren't allowed at games um, in the six counties, small combined uh, crowd of 200, including players down south at the moment. Um, th there's reasons and valid reasons, though, for all these uh, areas of caution, isn't there? There's a huge amount of research has gone into this. These are not simply figures that GA, Camogie and LGFA have decided upon, nor the governments have just plucked a figure out of the air. There's extensive research in, in terms of being able to trace, being able to, to essentially keep the virus in very small pockets. Um, we have to, we have to protect our people. And I, I suppose, should congratulate the people in the Camogie Association, our members who have 
done everything in their power to keep themselves and their families safe. Young people have been without their friends and without their sport for many months now. And that has been very difficult to go for a young person. Of, and I have a 17 year old at home to go from somebody who's out training two and three nights a week, who's going to school five days a week and who's seeing their friends at the weekend to nothing, to being locked at home with your mother because she has coronavirus. That's very difficult. And our young people have been amazingly resilient because we all know it doesn't affect them particularly badly. They're not going to be the people who die from it in the mainstay, but they have protected our older population and are most vulnerable tremendously. And I really have to congratulate them on that. It must have given you great heart to see the Camogie uh, Championship draws, the Liberty Insurance All-Ireland Camogie Championship draws made on Thursday evening in Crow Park and then on Friday to hear that the senior All-Ireland final will be played in Crow Park as well. Um, no word yet on the intermediate and the premier junior grades, but it, there's a sense of some normality returning, although there's still a long way to go perhaps before those games can definitely take place, but the draws and everything else, it certainly gives us some hope as we look ahead to the winter months as well. I think we have to have hope because it's really all we have left at this stage. We are all desperate. I walk down, my, my own Gaelic pitch is probably less than half a mile from me. And it's just along the beach there. And I'd, I'd walked down yesterday, was hurling on yesterday afternoon, and there was nobody in our pitch apart from the referee actually had to sort of get out of his car and point out who he was to get himself into the pitch. Um, so there was nobody in the pitch and um, a few people stood along the road, you know, outside the wire and watched the game. And yes, we desperately want it back and it's wonderful for fixtures to be coming and, and all of that. But it has been very difficult to get to this point and the announcement of championships. I was working last Thursday, so didn't, didn't even get to see the draws live. I had to wait and catch up on, on Twitter after that. Um, but to have a date and to have it far enough out from Christmas that people can come and watch their sport. Um, I like evening games and I like winter games. Um, I like things like McKenna Cup. There's, there's nothing thrills me more than the McKenna Cup because it's playing football when we don't traditionally play it. So it's lovely to get out and get wrapped up and, and go out and enjoy those things. So I think we'll have a fantastic autumn of sport um, and we're going to be inundated. You'll not be able to turn your TV on that you'll not find sport somewhere all across the mediums and it'll be brilliant um, and Camogie has to fight hard to find our place in that pecking order but I think we'll be very lucky this year anybody I've spoken to is desperate to get back there are people saying I can't wait to go down to the park which is just what we call our pitch can't wait to go down to the park and see a game people haven't been in the park for years that are now saying they're going to see a game and I hope that's translated right across the country and I think one of the good things about it as well, we've seen huge increases in the numbers turning up at training across the various Gaelic Games codes, particularly, I suppose, for the rural clubs, because in a lot of cases, a lot of people are gone from the cities and they're back at home and um, they've been at home for the last while, maybe with their parents and different things. So it's great to see that there's, there's a huge interest there there was always a huge interest but the interest and the hunger and the enthusiasm seems to be even greater than it ever was and that's just fabulous to see yes i think rural clubs will, will benefit tremendously from this and um, where we had lost our young people off to universities and, and then they simply stayed in in the big um, urban areas as you say they're all coming home now and because life has slowed down tremendously they're actually enjoying being at home and seeing their friends at home and 
and simple pleasures of just going out for a dander now, whereas before that wasn't enough. You had to climb mountains, you had to do everything. Whereas now we're enjoying the simpler things in life and rural clubs with our um, camogues have the best numbers they've ever had this year. Um, our footballers, and we are a very small rural club, you know, right on the east coast of Down. Um, our footballers have that many that they're considering trying to get a seconds team in because people are just coming back in their droves to play sport. It's a long way from uh, seeing you doing draws live in RT down in Parky Cueve after quarterfinals with Marty Morrissey to, to where we are at the moment now. We all should be thinking of those days of All-Ireland quarterfinals and a long way through the round-robin championships. Um, there's some intriguing championships ahead. I won't put you on the spot to ask you about winners, but I suppose one thing that we could say about what's happened over the last couple of months is that it's a great leveller and everybody has realistic ambitions of doing well in the respective championships. That's inter-county, but also club-wise as well. It's going to be fascinating to see how competitions will unfold this year. Yes, there is, there's definitely increased impetus this year. We've stripped everything right back. It's like playing acoustic music again. We don't need all of the fanfare that goes with it. We simply need good draws and passion from our players. That's all we need. We don't need the fanfare that surrounds it. And while it's lovely at times, and it's lovely going down to Parky Creek, I had actually been to Pockfada that morning in the Cooley Mountains right, yeah. and had driven from Pockfada to Cork to do those draws. And that's lovely, but it's hectic. So it's lovely to strip it back and um, I'm actually going down to the club on Wednesday night, obviously free spell fast coming um, and I will have a role which allows me to be in. But the Intermediate Championship is going to be very interesting this year because it has four groups in it and there are three groups of three and one group of four. So anybody really of getting out of their group in the Intermediate Championship this year. And the Premier Junior Championship has two groups, a group of three and a group of four. And we're certainly lucky to have um, Ulster representation in, in both of those. We are not yet represented in the Senior Championship, but um, my beloved Down certainly have been working very hard over the last few years. Um, Ulster is very competitive at Intermediate and any of the three Ulster counties in all, in all um, realisation could, could come out of that. But... Um, Down have been working particularly, particularly hard, but Antrim simply have this talent that, that runs through Antrim and their hurling is strong and their camogie, therefore their skill level is very high. Um, they have Carlo and Tipperary in their group, so they do, um, which certainly isn't an easy run. Down and Derry are paired together with Kilkenny um, and I certainly wouldn't like to be trying to get out of the Dublin Galway Kildare or Leash group because that's, that's certainly going to be difficult. Um, to come out of it. Our senior championship, it really is anybody's to win this year. You know, the, the top counties are always there, the, the people we expect to be there. But you could have the likes of Dublin, who, because their population will have stayed very close together, may well have the upper hand this year. You know, they may well just be able to put it together for them. However, as we've talked about, people have gone back to their rural roots. So perhaps some of the Cork commodes and the Kilkenny commodes are not having to do those long travel distances that they previously were from Galway and from Dublin, etc. So it certainly sets up for, for a very interesting championship this year. 
It certainly does, but we've the club action before any of that inter-county action can happen. And uh, for, for you, it's, it's all about facing East Belfast for uh, Khalif on uh, Wednesday night. We wish everyone the best. And thanks very much, Jennifer, for joining us. And all the best for the months ahead. And uh, hopefully you, you'll be back to normal with full health and uh, you'll be flying. And we might even see you poking around on the pitches in the not-too-distant future. Thank you very much, Colin. So a historic game for the East Belfast Ladies Gaelic footballers against Saville on Saturday night. And uh, what a game it was indeed. First game is historic for the players, but also for the officials, I suppose, in, in this world where uh, COVID means that a lot of us actually can't get out to games at the moment. And I'm joined by the referee, Grania Sands, Grania, it was great to be involved, I'm sure, in such a game. I know there was huge uh, interest in this match and uh, certainly for yourself, delighted to be a part of it. And it's great to see yet another club on board playing ladies Gaelic football. Yes, um, I didn't really realise the importance of the game because I try to avoid all media before a match. So the nerves set in that morning and... Um, I was extremely nervous myself because it was my first senior match. Um, so yes, it was brilliant to be involved, especially up in Savile, which is not my part. My part is Glen, but um, the pitch is actually named after my grandmother. So that was amazing. So it was a first, first for Savile second team, me as a senior uh, referee, and of course for East Belfast, their first ladies game. And it's such a good news story, I suppose. But when, like you mentioned, Savile's first seconds team as well, if we just kind of, I suppose, talk about the importance of more and more teams for ladies Gaelic football. And I know Down were involved in an All-Ireland final a couple of years back in Crow Park, and there was great... Uh, a, a great buzz around that and I suppose I could, I'm could. i going to talk about another few firsts uh, later on you are one of uh, those who took part in the LGFA's uh, leadership programme as well and that was a first as well um, but certainly in terms of ladies Gaelic football I mean it's brilliant to see and it's brilliant to see players from all backgrounds and all in areas of interest and all different kinds of experience um, picking up a Gaelic football and going out and playing sport and enjoying it. You know, people like to win, but, you know, there's nothing beats the camaraderie and everything else that goes with being involved with the sport also. No, um, I also play for the Mothers and Others team. Um, it started up in our own parish of Glen a few years ago. I moved back home a few years ago and I just wanted to get reinvolved in the parish so I thought that was an excellent way to get uh, to get back involved. And then obviously you make friends with all the girls and it was it's just a brilliant experience and it's a great way for women to, to come together and also have a laugh and try and get fit for the G4MOs. Obviously the seniors and the other girls are much higher fitness level, but uh, it's it's a fantastic thing. I, I love it. I really recommend it. And that's why I joined the leadership program because I want to promote as much as possible women in football. And speaking of fitness and everything else, how hard was it to keep up with the girls in the match on Saturday night? I saw Neve Daly cutting through. She got the first point uh, for East Belfast, a historic first ever ladies football point for East Belfast. I'd say it was a pretty high-paced game. Um, I wasn't as bad as I thought. 
I'm 43 years old, so I'm not a spring chicken compared to the girls that I'm going to be refereeing. Um, over the COVID, I did try to run, uh, but I, I loved weightlifting. Weightlifting would be my thing. So I would be quite strong rather than fast. But uh, my fitness was actually not as bad as I thought because I had two matches this morning as well. I had a, a friendly under 12s and then I had an under 16s. Um, and the under 16s was also the full length of the pitch. And it was actually, it was actually quite a long pitch, you know. Um, so I was actually surprised and I'm a bit delighted. You know, I'm not going to be the 43-year-old woman on the pitch. Who's, who's, what is she doing? So I was happy that I kept my fitness going. Uh, kept my weight training going. Um, I hate running, but whenever you're on the pitch, you don't even think about it. You just do it. But the fitness level of the girls, um, the East Belfast girls, was was really good. Um, but as it's they're only starting, it's going to be great to see what they're going to be like down the line. You know, whenever they realise you have to keep up with the younger ones, you have to keep the pace to be able to tackle properly, and uh, hopefully they'll 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 use this. You're not supposed to use football to get fit. You're supposed to get fit for football. So we'll just leave that one there. <laughs> it's really exciting to see a new club getting involved. I touched on that earlier like as well. And I suppose we've all come across it. I, I've been involved with ladies football at various levels over the years. We've all come across you know, the, the, the stories like we've seen New York ladies footballers, for instance, playing All-Ireland finals in Crow Park. Ladies football has spread throughout the world. I've seen stuff like the World Games and different things, the South Africa Gales. There's loads down there playing. Um, it's, it's just brilliant to see because ladies football breaks down barriers and it really gets everyone involved. I mean, you touched on Gaelic for mothers and others there. It's not something that East Belfast have yet, but the way things are going and how much ideas have come to the fore, I think I'm after throwing another one there into the mix now as well. But it is a sport for all. And I know people that say, oh, but you have to be fit. Oh, you have to be this and the other. Really, it is a sport for all. It does what it says in the tin. Yes. Well, if you're in defence, you don't need to run the whole... Well, you, sh you shouldn't need to run the whole length of the pitch. You have to cover your own territory, but... Uh... Um, it is a good it is a good thing to get fit you know it's it's the way to go especially after the COVID there the past few months lots of people lots of people have put on weight they weren't moving they weren't allowed out they weren't allowed to go to the gym so uh, hopefully they'll all get back in that in that way again but uh, yes the fitness levels you're going to have to be as good as, as uh, the as the the fittest person on your opposition you have to keep up with them and talk to me, I suppose, as well about the LGFA's female leadership program, because that began in 2018 and it's certainly gone from strength to strength. I mean, you're obviously very proud of being involved. That's what's on your Twitter. So I, I'm guessing uh, you're having a, a hell of a time with being involved in that particular program. And, and that's probably why you took up the whistle, I guess, as well. Well, I was... Um... I, the leadership course was probably the best year ever. You know, we got to meet um, we got to meet VIPs of the of the football world. We also got to meet the likes of Mary McAleese, um, and also people who are highly involved in um, teaching their staff in the likes of Google and um, AIB how to be better in their jobs. So we've been doing a lot of paperwork. I feel like I'm a qualified person who's just uh, graduated from university of football. Um, I didn't have too much practical 
experience. So there were there was five girls on the course, and there was different levels of the background. So there was girls who were really experienced, and then there was girls like myself and another who didn't have as much experience. Um, I started. I joined it because I was doing an officiating. I was doing the line, and I thought the next step is going to be refereeing. Um, so the learn to lead, the leadership course was absolutely fantastic. You get treated like royalty. So I'm so used to getting treated by like royalty. I'd like to maintain that level. <laughs> I'm just looking at I'm just looking at sports file here, and your graduation evening took place on the 15th of February, the day after Valentine's Day. It happened that actually happens to be my birthday, but that's not my point. I suppose that's one of the last big ladies Gaelic football events that that have happened. Um, obviously, you know, back in action the last few days with the games and everything else. H how have you been coping with no ladies Gaelic football during COVID? Um, have you been doing all those Zoom webinars and different things to try and, you know, keep ahead on rules and different things? Or how have you been in the ladies football sphere over the last couple of months? Well, I was absolutely devastated that the COVID happened because... Uh, lady football seems to be my life at the moment. Um, I'm involved in so many aspects. Um, I will bore you with them because uh, this is how much my life is, is revolved around the football. I am the assistant secretary on the Down LGFA panel. I am the secretary in my own club. I am an additional member on the South Down board for, for men's football. Um, I'm also a CODA on the CODA panel and I'm also a lines person and I'm also a referee. I think that's everything. I think so. But my life is consumed. Like I'm every night there's something and for that to be taken away over the COVID was really, it was really, I was really lost because it was, you know, I would have to schedule in my diary times to do nothing because I would have so many things on each different night, so many meetings. And I found it quite difficult. Um, I turned off all my social media because I, I, I just couldn't deal with it. I, don't, I wasn't a big fan of the webinars because there was no football and there was no, there was no end in sight for the football. And I thought I, I, I just didn't want to do it. And then um, I eventually turned it back on whenever we found out it was coming back and then just went into full drive again and I feel overwhelmed because it's gone from completely nothing to back to doing like well, I was refereeing four matches this weekend um, but I learned to pace myself again but I'm learning every day I love it I I, I think knowledge is, is everything you know you learn every day you learn from people who have experience and going to these meetings you pick up stuff that you would never know Talking to people on the sideline, you'd learn, you know, even on the even on the pitch, your rules, you forget them. There's that many, you forget them, and then they come back to you. You hear somebody saying something about a 45, and I, I was a bit lost today, but we'll not get into that. But yes, I really missed it, and I'm really happy. It's, as I said on some of my Twitter and my Insta that we're supposed to do for that leadership course, is it's like Christmas Day for me, but that's me personally, my passion for it. Is it's like Christmas Day every day. It's funny you should bring. That. <laughs> it's funny you should bring that up because I was looking at your Instagram earlier, and two of the last three posts have mentioned how it's like Christmas Day when you ref when you refereed 
uh, the game with East Belfast and Savile being won. And then I think the other one was you looking forward to actually getting back out maybe two or three days ago. So uh, you, you, you epitomise that song, I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day. It literally yeah. is at the moment for Grania Sands. Yes, it is. It definitely is. I'm like a child. I have a smile on my face like a big Cheshire cat because of so much football coming up. So many things to do and so many things to be involved in. But um, I am fairly new to it now. I'm not. An, I'm not definitely not an expert yet. I'm. I'm learning, and um, uh, I am fairly new. And I have to keep reminding people that because there will be questions that I won't know the answer to, and there will be things that I have to learn. But uh, yes, you said about reading the rules. The rule book. Yes, Maggie Farley, who's one of the top, who is probably the top female. Uh, referee says she reads her the book every night before a match and I've started to do the same even um I even I just carry the rule book in my handbag uh, you know that that that's just the level that I'm at that I'm trying to get to that level of she that which will take years but uh yeah the rule book is in my it's a part of my handbag and, and speaking, I suppose, of learning and everything else, I suppose the, the program was called the Learn to Lead Leadership Program. And you mentioned Maggie Farley there, but you, you were in a, a somewhat illustrious uh, company uh, with the likes of Breed Stack from Cork. Uh, Kelly Cunningham's uh, an up-and-coming uh, LGFA official in my book as well from Offaly. She, she's, I've seen her at Sevens All-Irelands and different things um, and I've been keeping an eye on what she's been doing. She's really passionate, I know, and she's one to watch. Nadine Doherty, of course, everyone knows Nadine from uh, the football fields as well and Michelle Ryan of Waterford. Um, you know, we could go on just go, going through all those names. It's... Uh, it, it, were you were you slightly in awe when you saw who was going to be alongside you on the program? Like because I know for myself, and actually, funnily enough, mentioning Breed Stack, I saw her firstly in two thousand and three, captain in Cork Miners against Leash in an All Ireland Minor Football semi final. I found the program of it the other day. You know, people like that, they they yeah. they're the real living legends of the sport, aren't they? Absolutely. Um, well, yes, I was probably a bit envious of the girls because they had maintained it throughout their youth and had got to this level, whereas I gave it up at under 14. And it's probably one of the biggest regrets I've had is leaving football at such a young age. And I said that to the East Belfast girls last night. I just had a wee chat with them after the match and I was like, don't give up, you know, keep persevering, keep together. And um, you don't like I regret it. Um, so yes, I was envious of the girls that they had maintained that and that obviously there's all stars there as well. But it just goes to show the leadership course brings people in like myself who doesn't have that much experience, who wants to get into it, who as an older person um, can represent women of our age and show that there's nothing to be afraid of. As one of my hashtags is do not be afraid to referee. You know, people ask me all the time, are you mad? Yes, I am. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I love it. It's just, I just, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. But yes, Kelly Cunningham is one of the girls who was in the officiating strand with me. And she is, she is a fantastic girl. She's a lovely girl. Um, she's doing really well. Um, 
and I'm so proud to know her. Um, but the other girls in the course, uh, Sinead, Sinead from Donegal, but she lives in Dublin. And then there's um, um, Maria down in Cork and Ashley, who's one of the brand new girls. It's good to see that they're all different levels. And of course you have your likes of Reid and Michelle who are really established. But then you have to you have to make space and obviously bring in under your wing the girls who don't have that much experience but are willing to learn and can be great examples of people who just come into it at a different age group. So there's no restrictions on the age group um, or time that you should come in and join and participate with the ladies football. Yeah, you, you mentioned Maureen in Cork, of course, is Maureen Delay of, of the Bantry Blues. I could I could go through the list. I suppose the great thing is there's people from right around. There's Trina Murray from Moton West Mead. There's Sinead Real, a lot of people will know from Silverbridge in Armagh. Diane O'Hora, of course, no introduction needed to Diane, former Mayo. All-Ireland ladies football winning captain, of course. Um, Neve Dunn, of course, from Ratanesque and Leash. You know, they're, they're, they're from everywhere. I could go through all the yeah. list. And it's, it's brilliant to see. That's, that's one thing as well that really helps, I suppose, in, in terms of, you know, everyone has a similar enough goal with that kind of a program, but also bring a lot of varied experiences from right across the country. And I'm sure that's yeah. one thing that you all learned as well, You that not just were you learning from the people who maybe came in to do presentations, you were also learning from each other as well. Yeah, we all have, um, well, we have a leadership group where we're all involved in. It doesn't get used too much, obviously, with the COVID. Maybe it will whenever we're all established again, because we, the program ended in February, but it, it will continue. We, you know, we, what we've learned, we have to implement now. And, uh, but myself and the girls, the officiators, we talk all, all the time, you know. <laughs> we can't, I'm not telling you what we say, but <laughs> we talk all the time. We ask each other for tips. We're like, oh girls, I, I made a wrong call or I, I think I did okay. And remind me of the rule, you know, if you're about to go on the pitch and you forget something, you can tell, well, obviously before the match, you're not allowed to phone, text the girls what's the rule again for the 45 you know so it's such a it's such a really good uh, blend of girls and uh, we're all there to help each other and everybody gets on so well it's it's a you know everybody has the same love for it so we're all we're all on the same page it's great, it's great. and i suppose in in a lot of respects what you're talking about there you know, it's a new group of people that you came involved with about two years ago now and what you've learned, shared experiences, differences as well. In some ways that all mirrors East Belfast starting off. And I suppose that the, the kind of message from you as well is it's never too late to start something new as well. No, life's too short. My theory in life is life is too short. Um, unfortunately, my mum died when she was 43 in a car accident and I'm 43 now and I'm thinking, I, you, everybody's probably saying you can be dead. This is so morbid, but you can be dead tomorrow. So live life to the full. You know, never ever don't do anything because of what other people might think. Um, don't be afraid to do anything. Why? Why? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's just it's just my passion for life. I just love living life, and I live it to the max. Like yesterday, I had a match. I had I was paddleboarding. I was at the gym. You know, and I'm I'm an old age pensioner, really. <laughs> But why not? That's my that's my question. Why not? There's no reason why you shouldn't do anything. And of course, the girls in East Belfast are all going to 
uh, get to know each other. Hopefully they'll understand the passion that each other has and they'll, they'll carry each other forward. I'm all for carrying people with you instead of leaving people behind or dismissing people in front of you. We're all the same at the end of the day. So bring everybody together and bring everybody with you. It's like fix the crown of the girl instead of telling her it's crooked. That's not the exact quote, but everybody, every girl knows what I mean. <laughs> Take it, they do. But, uh, Grania, it's, it's certainly been great talking to you. All the best with your refereeing and everything else. I'm sure you wish the East Belfast uh, girls well and the club too. Yes, absolutely. As I said to them last night, don't give up. There's, you know, keep going. You just have it together, stay together, and hopefully this time next year, you'll just still be together. So. And maybe you'll be refereeing a final that they might be involved in. Oh, yeah, know. maybe. Oh, I forgot about myself there, of course. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Listen, thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. And that's it for our special podcast on the new East Belfast GA Club here on sportsdaz.ie. Make sure if you want to get involved with the club, you can find them across social media at East Belfast GA. And don't forget, we're on social media too, across all platforms at Sportsdaz. Many thanks to Kate Crozier, Kimberly Robertson, Jennifer Coultra and Gronje Sands for joining us on this special sportsdaz.ie podcast. Our theme music for this podcast is called Mirrors and you can check out josephmacdade.com forward slash music for more. Until next time, Slán is banished.